I have your man. When Clay came to a short time later, he was as vicious as ever, turning angrily to Holmes as a bobby led him away in handcuffs. How did you know, Holmes? It was the dirt, actually, from... Watson started to answer, but Holmes cut him off. Let's not bore them with details, Watson. Where he's heading, he'll have plenty of time to figure it out. The bobby dragged the struggling clay outside, while a baffled Lestrade looked on. Well, Mr. Holmes, I don't know how, but you've done it again. Thank you, Inspector. That is high praise indeed, coming as it does from a workmanlike detective as yourself. And now, unless you have something further to add, I hereby declare this case closed. The sallow, rat-faced little inspector had nothing to add. Holmes had beaten him again, and he knew it. Lestrade sighed wearily and silently followed his bobbies out of the museum. Holmes grinned with satisfaction, arching an eyebrow towards Watson as he lit a match and touched his flame to the dying embers of his pipe. Watson smiled back, nodding happily until the last man from Scotland Yard disappeared out onto the street. Then he grabbed Holmes by the lapels. You! You idiot! Watson vibrated with rage. For a moment, he seemed ready to strangle Holmes, but instead he threw his hands up in disgust and stormed off, while Holmes stood puffing on his pipe, utterly bewildered. What did I say? What did I do? Watson glared silently out of the window of the handsome cab as he and Holmes headed back from the museum through the foggy London streets as the first glimmer of dawn broke over the city. You know I hate it when you do this, Holmes continued. Ah, it's one of your precious little clues, isn't it? Let's see. I mentioned the blood on the toothpick and the powder burns. I even remembered the sweat stains on the hat band. It's not the clues. Not the clues. Holmes tried to think this one through, but he couldn't. Then I give up. You'll have to tell me. Finally, Watson turned from the window. All right. You want to know what's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. Don't you ever declare a case closed. Just then the cab pulled to a stop in front of 221B Baker Street. Holmes immediately started out. Sorry, old boy. Not now. My public awaits. Until I say it's closed. But Holmes had left. And Watson listened to his ultimatum die like Berkeley's famous tree falling to the forest floor with no one to hear it. Outside the cab, Holmes waded through a crowd of reporters desperate for quotes on his latest success. Good morning, gentlemen. How did you know someone was tunnelling into the cellar of the Royal Gallery, one reporter called out, just as Watson emerged from the cab? It's very interesting, actually. There was fresh dirt on the building next door, but the reporter pushed Watson aside rushing forward to hear what Holmes had to say. It was elementary, really. Simple deduction based on the clues at hand. A haughty young reporter wedged his way in next to Holmes. But didn't Scotland Yard see the very same clues? Holmes looked at him with a forgiving smile. I see and observe. Isn't that rather redundant? the reporter asked. Holmes' smile disappeared. Tell me, sir, 
without looking, describe the front of this building. Ah, well, it's, uh, brown, and there are a few steps, and some windows. Holmes cut him off. How many windows? The reporter looked at him helplessly. How many? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. You saw, yet you did not observe, whereas I see and observe, and thus bring notorious blackguards to justice. The crowd immediately burst into applause. Holmes gave a tip of his cap to the adoring throng, then finally headed into the building with Watson. For the record, Watson whispered, how many windows are there? I haven't the foggiest, Holmes answered, and started up the stairs. Watson slammed the door behind them. There are fifteen windows, you fool. Fifteen. Not only that, but the report you embarrassed knows how to type is somewhat nearsighted and recently returned from a holiday. Holmes opened the door to their flat and walked inside as Watson continued his tirade. And how do you know that, Watson? Elementary. From the creases on his wrist where a typist presses against a table, from the marks on his nose which spectacles leave, and from his skin which, though tanned, was not weathered, so obviously acquired on holiday. Holmes blithely picked up a copy of Strand magazine and thumbed through Watson's latest story about his exploits. Is something wrong, my dear Watson? Oh, no, perish the thought. Just because I seem to spend an increasing amount of my precious time correcting your blunders. I see. It's the clay case. You're still in a snit over that. Well, if you want my opinion, excuse me. Watson stared at Holmes in amazement. Your opinion, did you say? Holmes rolled his eyes to the heavens and muttered under his breath, Oh, God, not this speech again. May I remind you, your opinions are my opinions. I created the character of Sherlock Holmes and hired you merely to play the part, snatching you, as it were, out of the gutter. Hardly the gutter, old man. I was, after all, an actor of some note. The thinnest trace of a smile crossed Watson's lips, whose last play, I believe, ran a total of one half of one performance. The general uprising amongst the audience not only resulted in the closing of the play, but the demise of the entire Orpheum Theatre as well. Holmes walked over to the window and pulled down the shade. Tacked inside was a poster from the show, with a dashing portrait of the man now known as Sherlock Holmes. He took out a magnifying glass from his coat pocket and lovingly looked over the credits. The Shadow of Death, Watson, with a Reginald Kincaid, was a towering work decades ahead of its time. My only regret is that it ended before the climactic third-act duel. Too bad you never had a chance to see that. Watson snapped the shade closed. I have no time for theatrics. All I ask is a few simple rules, not the least of which is a case is not closed until I say it is closed. Holmes pulled his magnifying glass back out from the rolled-up shade. Really, Watson, I think you underestimate my own native deductive abilities. Just then, footsteps were heard on the stairway outside their door. Hear that, Watson? I would say that those are the footsteps of a woman, approximately 5'5", five five, weighing 147 pounds and about 54 years old. 
Holmes triumphantly turned to the door and threw it open. Standing there was a runty little twelve-year-old boy, dressed in tatters and covered with dirt and grime from the street. Three other filthy little urchins came up the stairs after him, as Holmes' look of triumph faded. "'It's for you, Watson, Wiggins, and the rest of your Baker Street irregulars.' Wiggins brushed against Holmes as he and the others entered the flat. Holmes closed the door, stopped a second, patted his pockets, and then glared at Wiggins. Hand it over. Wiggins swaggered over to Holmes and gave him back his pocket watch with a wry smile. Then he turns to Watson. You was looking for us, Doctor? Yes, boys. There's been some trouble with the John Clay affair. We heard Mr. Holmes declared the case closed. That will prove, after some creative writing, to be merely a ruse on Mr. Holmes' part. Something's afoot, and I need you boys to have a look around. Eyes sharp, ears quick, a copper apiece for your trouble and a shilling for what you learn. Wiggins turned to the others. We'll have a go, won't we, lads? The urchins all nodded in agreement as Holmes held the door open again. Don't let us keep you. Holmes stood there watching as one by one the urchins filed out. "'Don't worry about a thing, Dr. Watson,' said Wiggins, "'brushing against Holmes as he left. "'We know how much you could use some real assistance.' "'Holmes quickly slammed the door shut, "'hoping to catch Wiggins in the back, "'but the little gamine was too fast for him. "'There, Watson, you see? "'I'm a laughingstock. "'How—' oh, "'Holmes stopped and patted his pockets. "'His watch was gone. "'Again.' How can you expect me to maintain my character when you belittle me in front of those hooligans? Character?